Coming up, I'm going to teach you how to make people listen to you. And then new data shows that 75% of Gen Zers say they're going to leave, resign, if they don't start getting feedback from leaders. We'll break it down next. Helping you win in your work life so that you're winning in other areas of your life. This is the Ken Coleman Show. I'm Ken. Thrilled to have you with us. All right, so let's get into something that I think a lot of you would do well to learn. The reason people start checking their phone when you start talking, maybe in a company meeting or or presentation or maybe just hanging out, is because maybe you're just a little bit boring. Have you ever thought about that? Now, you don't have to be a world-class orator. Uh, You don't have to be a stand-up comedian, a great actor, a great public speaker to be a better communicator. And specifically, there's one skill set that I think is going to help you change that reality if that's you. You feel like in meetings, everybody starts looking away, looking down. They're not paying attention to you. So today I'm going to reveal a very powerful trick for getting people's attention as soon as you start talking and keeping their attention until you're done. You're done. I'm going to teach you why this is a fail-proof technique. And I'm going to explain how to use the technique to help you change how you communicate and ultimately change opportunities that come your way. So here's the deal. Nobody wants to be talked at. So think about this. You ever been in a situation, whether it be one-on-one, small group, or you're in a large crowd where you're being talked at? You don't like it. You, everybody else, wants to be talked with. So no matter who's talking, we're all asking, how can I relate to what this person is saying? Even in the most technical sales pitches, marketing pitches, brainstorming, when you are carrying the water, at the end of the day, people want to connect. They want to have some meaning and feeling in what you're saying because essentially they're trying to figure out if they're going to accept what you're saying is true. So there's a lot of ways that you can share some information. And so let's say that I was going to give a talk on value, someone's value. Well, I could tell people that they're value, like valuable. I could make points here, here, and there, or I could use a story to set up value. So let me give you an example. For those of you that are in our listening audience, you'll be able to hear this. For those of you that are in our viewing audience, You'll be able to see this. This is an example of a powerful story that does so much in such a small amount of time. This is from Instagram. Let's play this. Before he died, a father said to his son, here's a watch that your grandfather gave me. It's almost 200 years old. Before I give it to you, go to the jewelry store and tell them I want to sell it. See how much they offer you. So the son went to the jewelry store and he came back and he said, dad, they offered me $150. They said, It was too old. The father said, okay, go to the pawn shop. The son went to the pawn shop and came back and he said, dad, they offered me $10 because it was too worn out. The father looked at his son and said, okay, take it to the museum. So the son went to the museum. He came back and he said to his father, dad, they offered me $500,000 because they said it was a very rare piece that they can put in their precious antique collection. The father looked at him and said, son, I wanted to let you know that the right place values you in the right way. He said, don't get angry if you find yourself in the wrong place 
and feel undervalued. Those that know your value are those that appreciate you. Don't stay in a place where no one sees your value. So just remember, your value doesn't decrease just because someone's unable to see your worth. So this is why storytelling is a game changer for you. It's for me. It's for everybody. Even in one-on-one relationships, parents of teens, if you are in a sales presentation, if you are talking to your team and you're going through a tough time in management, you want to make a point, this being the key point, I need to make this point, if we can use a story and look at this beautiful story. Such a very simple little story that before you ever make the point about someone's value, that you are valuable. I coach people all the time on this. You know, if you're not in the right place, well, one of the ways you know you're not in the right place is because you aren't valued. And this little story sets it up. So before you even get into the teaching part, you've engaged people. They begin to think through the story and they're following along and then boom, a key point is made. So this only works, though, if you know how to tell a good story, right? And so that's an example of a good story. So I'm going to help you see how you could be a great storyteller, the best storyteller in the room every time. People have been telling stories for thousands of years. Why? Because it's how we pass on meaningful information. Stories move us emotionally, therefore they're memorable. And when something is memorable, it can be not only received by the listener, but also passed on and recalled when they need it. It just makes it easier for us to pull the truth from it. But how do we do all that? Well, I think I want you to think about your favorite movie for just a moment. Wherever you are, however you're listening, just when you think of your favorite movie. And it doesn't matter whether it's comedy, action, a, a, a rom-com, a drama, a thriller, it doesn't matter what type of story the movie is. But I'll guarantee it follows a similar structure as my favorite movie. It probably has a beginning, a middle, and an end. So what defines beginning, middle, and end? Nancy Duarte is a renowned story expert. She teaches corporate executives and and people all around the world on how to use story in their communication. And this is how she lays it out. Obviously, every story has a beginning. She lays it out as this is how things are. As we get into the story, this is how things are. And usually we see ourselves in the form of kind of the hero of the story. And things are good for a hero. We meet the hero in the story and things are okay in the beginning. But then quickly there's a turn for the worse, right? Life happens. And before you know it, we're in the middle, and the middle is defined by Nancy as how they could be. In other words, if we survive this new mess, right? So it starts here. We meet the story, and we, we connect to this hero of the story, and then something bad happens. This, this moment of bliss, if, if you will, is, is gone. And so then we engage with the hero, and the hero usually meets a guide who kind of helps them through the story, and there's a bad guy, and you know how these stories all play out. There's a bad person and or a bad circumstance, and we have to get through it. And in the end, reaching the ideal bliss, we overcome the bad guy or we overcome the challenge. And variations of that basic structure have been used for thousands of years because humans love observing transformation we just can't resist it so if you understand that every story 
Every movie, every play, every TV show has that tried and true story framework that has been effective for thousands and thousands of years. And then I promise that if you use it, people will be drawn to you. I guarantee it. But why does this matter? Does it matter if people not just hear you, but listen to you? If you're doing all this work to put a story together, what do you get out of it? Here's what happens when people engage. When they engage in the story, now they've engaged with you. And they begin to connect not just with the story, but you, and then ultimately the message that you're looking to give them. And that pays off in the form of influence. You should want people to listen to you because now you can influence them. And having influence means that your thoughts, your product, your solution now can actually be received to the point that it makes a difference. Now, if you're not sure what that change is, well then, yes, you need to figure that out. That's why I'm here. What is that unique role that you believe you were put on the planet to fill? In other words, who are the people you want to help, the problem or desire that those people have, and then the solution to that problem or desire. We must first understand that. But once you understand that, now you begin to share a story. Maybe it's your personal story that's behind the problem or the solution. Out of great pain comes tremendous passion and purpose. And we're all wired to make a huge difference in this world. So begin to see your story matching up with a story. And whatever it is that you're looking to share, use the story framework and share stories because that's what people connect to. And that means they're going to connect to you. And when they connect to you, they'll connect to your solution, whether it's a product or service. And you'll make the change that you want to make. This is The Ken Coleman Show. Hey, high school seniors and parents of high school seniors, it's almost graduation time. And if you're not sure about next steps, I want you to listen to this. Coding skills are essential in today's workforce. And my friends at Bethel Tech can help you start a new career really fast and do it cheap. It only takes nine months to complete a Bethel Tech course in UI, UX design, full stack development, data science, or cybersecurity. And your young person can get over a thousand hours of experience in a collaborative environment and then get placed. The average starting salary for a junior developer is $66,000. And the field is projected to grow by 22% over the next five years. Software development is a career with an enormously bright future. And right now, Bethel Tech is offering you 10% off if you watch or listen to the Ken Coleman show and you pay cash. So go to BethelTech.net slash Ken Coleman. BethelTech.net slash Ken Coleman right now for details. Terms and conditions do apply. Welcome back to the Ken Coleman Show. This show is helping you. You can help us. If you're watching the videos on YouTube, like, comment, and subscribe. And then if you are listening via your favorite podcast app, give us a follow, a five-star review, and share as well. 
All right, uh, some new data here about our youngest demographic in the workforce, and this actually is not limited to, exclusive to Gen Z. I'm parenting three Gen Z, so I'm very passionate about Gen Z. I don't want Gen Z to be labeled in some sort of negative way because there are duds uh, and donkeys, if you will, in every generation, and there are eagles in every generation. So every generation kind kind of just gets in this vibe of, well, we're going to kind of crap on the younger generation and just talk about how we're better and and so you know for heaven's sakes i'm gen x they they, they couldn't think enough highly enough of us to give us anything other than x you know what i mean and the generation below us millennials got a cool name sounds like maybe something out of star wars like remember millennial falcon you know like that's kind of cool i get x my generation they just call us x they don't even know what to call us you know and we're a little bit bitter about it i'm not gonna lie uh, then you got Gen Z. That sounds kind of cool, you know. Uh, there's a, a term for them called mosaics, but nobody uses it. So anyway, uh, this is very interesting data and applies to everybody. You ready? Here we go. Uh, new data says that three in four Gen Zers, seventy-five percent for those of you keeping score, will resign if they don't get consistent feedback from their managers. Now. You could see that headline, and some of you could go, oh, bunch of little sensitive snowflakes, and I don't see that at all. In fact, I think the number should be higher, and I think it's great that Gen Z is asking for that. We'll get into why in a minute. By the way, this is not a Gen Z issue. This is an everybody issue. This is called being a human. Every one of us, men and women, listen to me, uh, every one of us still has that little boy or that little girl inside of us that longs to be told by our parents, coaches, and teachers, those who have influence over us, hey, I see you. I see value in you. You are loved. You are good. You are worthy. We still long for this. We don't ever escape that. New research from Staff Circle, which is an employee success platform, found that 73% of Gen Z employees said they are more likely to leave an organization if they don't receive frequent managerial feedback. And communication. Now, those are two different things. So I am talking to leaders, and I'm talking to those of you in Gen Z. Uh, how do we react to this? Now, there's two different things here in that statement. They want frequent feedback and communication. Two very different things. Yes, you do have to communicate to get feedback, but feedback is, where do I stand? How am I doing? This goes way back in our existence to elementary school probably second third grade for me i'm guessing young kitty coleman wrote a couple notes to some girls do you like me yes no or maybe remember that you fold it up and you slide it over to the little girl that you're interested in and you're a ball of nerves what's she gonna say what's he gonna say and, and let's be honest, too, while we're at this illustration. <laughs> we would rather get a no than a maybe. Because if I get a no, I can move on to the other girl. Maybe I'll throw the ball at her at recess and see if she pays attention to me. You know? We want to know where we stand. Do you, does everybody get that? The no is, is, is soul-crushing. But we can respond and move on from that. We can get up. Okay, that hurt. You know what the maybe is? The maybe is soul-sucking, and that's worse. 
Because I don't know. I don't know where I stand. So understand this about ourselves. I don't care what generation you are in, all of us at our core humanness, our deepest insecurities is about, am I valued? So understand that none of us, none of us get to escape it. So that's the first part, which is where do I stand? And leaders, you want to know where you stand. If your leader's not telling you, you're wondering. And and by the way, the feedback loop is awful. When we don't get real feedback from our leader, guess what we do? We start to fill in the gap, and boy, can that be dangerous. So feedback was first. Then communication, just, hey, here's here's what we're doing. Here's why we're doing it. Here's how we're going to do it. Here's why we're going to do it. Constant communication. Constant communication. Moving on. Now, here's what's interesting. 73% of Gen Z said we want that. Feedback and consistent communication. But watch the numbers drop with the older generations. Only 52% of non-Gen Z employees said the same. Do I think that non-Gen Z, uh, that means Xers like me or millennials are different? No, I just think that the expectation is lower. I think these younger generations is going, you know what? We want the feedback. Now, I will say this very quickly. This generation, it's not Gen Z's fault. I got some Gen Zers out in the lobby. Hear me, young men. This is not a slam. It's not your fault. And maybe your parents didn't do it. Uh, but I've been guilty of it. I got three Gen Zers. I got a 15, a 16. Uh, I got a, a 14, a 15, and a 18 right now. Can't even keep them all straight. My generation as parents has coddled this generation more than any other previous generation. They've had a cell phone in their hand since the time they were one and a half just to keep them quiet at Applebee's. It's all they've ever known is instant gratification. They're now the third generation that hasn't kept score at youth soccer. And so they get trophies for just showing up. So their whole life they've just been told, if you just show up, we're going to give you a trophy. They've been hovered. They've got helicopter parents. Not you guys. I know this isn't true of you guys. But they got helicopter parents that we save them every time they hurt. I tell you something. When I played sports, Bob, if I got hurt and my mom started to stand up, my dad would have said, sit down. Now we got parents rushing the field. Oh, my baby. Sit down. That was a little side note. Here's my point. They have been coddled. They have been taught they have had all this hovering so now they're getting into the workforce and it's a good thing bad bad cause good effect and the good effect is they're craving mentorship they're saying lead me speak to me leaders wake up this gen z could be the best generation that the american workforce has ever seen if you will lead them they want to be led all right there's my soapbox keep going here by the way, I could turn the show off right now, and that's worth a lot of money to leaders if you'll pay attention to what I just said. You got to lead them. You got to teach them. You do have to hold their hand. And I know it sucks, leaders, because you want to do all these other things, but that is leadership. Lead them. Show them how. They will step up. The majority of employees, oh, I'm sorry, this is so sad. And this isn't just affecting Gen Z. Just 15% of employees have regular weekly check-ins with their leaders. That means 85% are going through a week and having no check-in with their leader. (laughs) That's pathetic. 
76% of American employees only have one check-in per month. Leaders, get your head out of your you-know-what. What are you doing where you don't have time to speak to on a regular basis your team? By the way, here's two little quick tips. It'll change your leadership forever. Ask them two questions once a week. How are you doing? That's a personal question. How are you doing? You okay? I know your mom's been going through cancer treatment. How are you doing? How's she doing? Just lean into their life. And then secondly, how can I help you win in your role? Do you have enough resources? Do you need more training? Can I pick up some slack? First of all, they're going to look at you like you're an alien because nobody leads that way, but it's that simple. And, and I'm telling you, it'll change the game. Employees are likely to stay at a company if they feel like that you're pouring into them. And I said it on I said it on Fox News last week. I'll say it again. Leaders, those of you out there that aren't happy in your work, if you aren't in a place where the leader is leading you to a better life, then it's time to probably go somewhere else. Leaders, you want people to stay? You want to recruit really great people? Show people that if they work for you, that they're not just going to get a promotion and a paycheck. They're going to have a better life. Show them a ladder to a better future, and they will follow you. They'll charge hell with a water pistol. I promise you. you got to lead them. It's that simple. This young generation, they're going to keep hopping and moving until they find a leader who will lead them. And if you lead them, they're going to change history. This is The Ken Coleman Show. were created to work. It's just a simple fact. I know a lot of wealthy people who stopped working or were making a lot of money and didn't value their work and they were miserable. There's a contribution to your work that you crave. You were created to fill a unique role. You were needed. You must do it. You were created to fill a unique role. You were needed. You must do it. In other words, you're unique. There are people out there who need you to show up and give your best. And that means there is a requirement for you. You feel like you don't have any meaning in your life? It's because you can't say that about your work. Some of you going, Ken, I think that's great. I agree with you. I want to figure out what that role is. Well, it's not as hard as you think. We created the Get Clear Work Assessment that measures three threads, if you will, inside of you that we all have. One is talent. You're just born with talent that you can turn into power tools. In other words, skill. And you use that talent to do work that you love. You look forward to it. You get lost in it when you're doing it. And then finally, you're creating results of that work that matter deeply to you. The results uh, that one person wants to create are very different than the results that I want to create. And that's what makes us unique. And that's what makes us valuable. And that's what makes us all work together. By the way, the assessment's only $30. You can get it at KenColeman.com slash assessment or KenColeman.com. Go get it and get a purpose statement that is made up from your results. And you're going to see what you what you are looking like when you're on purpose in work. You're going to use what you do best to do what you love to produce results that matter. So go get it, KenColeman.com. All right, I want to stay on this topic 
uh, playing off of our last segment here, GE, General Electric, uh, longtime CEO of General Electric was Jack Welch. I had the privilege of interviewing Jack Welch years ago. The guy was just a leader's leader. And uh, so they did a, a, did a study recently on views of leadership development in the workplace. And so this is a very interesting dovetail of what I was just talking about. Uh, the survey's called From the Ground Floor to the Corner Office, and here's some things they found. By the way, we've got a massive disconnect right now in the world of work. And for the leaders and for the employees that can figure out how to bridge the gap, and it's pretty simple, I'm going to get to it in a moment, let me tell you something. You're going to blow the competition away. Let me just say something else while I'm on this. Uh, your innovative ability to come up with a great idea is not the difference maker. It's not going to separate you from your competition. Uh, let me give an example. I'm a big football fan. By the way, I'm supporting my my beloved Michigan Wolverines. All you haters can say whatever you want to in the comments. I'm not going to read it. So knock yourself out. Could care less what you say. I don't read the comments. I love football. I love all sports. I love basketball. Of 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 the two sports that I love the most, it would be football and basketball. Uh, I love the X's and O's, and I love watching uh, teams become assembled. Now, let me just say this. In football or basketball, talent and X's and O's matter tremendously. They really do. They really do. They are the difference maker. Ask Bill Belichick how important it is to have a talented quarterback. Oh, too soon, Patriots fans? Truth is, Bill Belichick sucks without a great quarterback. Look at his record. It's not my opinion. These are facts. Sorry, Patriots fans. It's the reality. I'm just calling it like I see it. Look at his career winning record. It's below 500. Oh, he's the greatest. I don't think he is. I'll tell you who the greatest is. Tom Brady's the greatest. By the way, anybody want to know where Tom went to school? Michigan. Thank you very much. I what, Nathan? Shake your head all you want to. It's the game. It's this week. I'm a little I'm a little geeked up right now. Okay? Don't get me started on your Vikings. All right. Yeah, look at he wants to talk now. Look at he's trying to find his mic. Got to scramble. Hey, I, yeah, okay, great. Brady's overrated. All right, here we go. I, I, I fun rabbit trail here. The point I'm making is is that in sports and in, in, in general, uh, it's talent and X's and O's, and that's the difference maker. Okay, it, it is about talent and X's and O's. But I can tell you this: the greatest X's and O's never matter if the talent says we're not playing today, or if the talent says we're going to step up. And we're going to will ourselves to win the game. In the corporate world, it's similar. This new study from GE found that 95% of C-suite and 81% of entry-level respondents believe it is important that a leadership mindset is communicated to the staff. But there's a big disconnect between what senior executives and entry-level employees think about how the company embodies their leadership mindsets. So here's the point I was making about sports. You can have the greatest playbook in the world. You can have all the X's and O's, but you got to win on the field. All the film watching, all of the play calling, it's great. But it's the, it, it, at the end of the day, it's what happens on the field. we got to line up and under pressure execute the play. 
It's no longer about the play call. Once the play comes in, the coach calls it for the point guard or the quarterback has to play. At that point in time, it is now about execution of the play. Are we going to do what we're supposed to do? Well, there's a huge disconnect, as I said. 90% of C-suite respondents said their executive teams embody the leadership mindset, meaning they're leading the way that we want them to lead. This is from the execs. 90%, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Everybody's doing what they're supposed to do. <laughs> it's kind of like the clueless parent of a teenager. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, my kid's a good kid, and everybody else is going, okay. Word has not gotten back to them. You know what I'm talking about? Too soon? Stepping on some toes this morning? I don't know. But less than 60% of entry-level staff feel the same way. Now, keep in mind, entry-level staff are going to be a lot of Gen Zers. So Gen Zers are going, I think there's a pretty good disconnect between what you think our leadership development looks like and our leadership mindset and leadership habits looks like versus what we see. Only 68% of entry-level employees feel as though their company support their development as strong leaders. So that 90% think... We're doing a good job developing these youngsters. And the youngsters are going, I don't feel like I'm being developed. Now, this is, again, on leadership. Maybe leadership is doing a good job, but Gen Z doesn't think they are. Where's the disconnect? Are you getting them? Are you giving them a chance to model what you're teaching them? So, for instance, again, back to sports. I coach all my kids in, 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 in multiple sports. If I'm teaching my kids a sport and, and I'm just teaching, teaching, teaching in practice, and then I don't say, all right, go do the drill, and we see how you do in the drill, or I don't put them in position in the game, by the way. Listen, practice is awesome. It's the preparation. But at some point, we got to put down the practice gear, and we got to get in the game and put ourselves under pressure, right? And so leaders, are you giving these young employees opportunity to show what you're teaching them? Can they recreate it? That's the idea. When it comes to attracting the right leaders for their organization, 92% of C-suiteers claim these characteristics play a role in hiring. But only 75% of entry-level employees agree that the characteristics are involved. 80% of entry-level employees in the survey say that leadership training is a meaningful benefit. Now, that there's going, I want to lead. For employees who say they understand the company's leadership mindset, over 95% say their company's on the right track. And over 50% say their company's ahead of others. This is huge. That data right there is unbelievably positive. In other words, what the data is showing us is that when employees have a very clear message and expectation about what leadership development growth is going to look like, it shows that when you talk about it consistently, you have to back it up, and thus the pressure's there to back up what you're saying. In other words, leaders, you're eating what you're cooking. And people see that and they go, all right, I, I know what the clear expectation is. So these the last two segments that really dovetail together because there's, there's two applications for leaders first and foremost. Because I know I'm talking to a lot of you out there who want to grow, you're on the growth path. Listen, the ability for you to be a winning leader and set yourself from the pack, set yourself apart and keep growing is this right here where you have people who go, I know what they want from me. I know why they want it from me. I know how I'm supposed to deliver it. This is just communication. And then don't forget, they show me where I stand. Hey, you're doing great here. Great job. 
recognizing people, rewarding people, communicating with people. It's a game changer. Those three things. Communicate clearly and then recognize them for what they do well and reward them along the way. And I'm going to tell you something right now. Absolute game changer. You'll have a winning team and you're going to separate yourself from the pack. All right. You matter. You have what it takes. This is the Ken Coleman Show. Press on. Thanks for listening to the Ken Coleman Show. For more, you can find the show on demand wherever you listen to podcasts and watch the show on YouTube. You can also find Ken across all social media by following at Ken Coleman.